Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a -a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org slash events. I'm Sasha Ann Simons, and this is Reset. We're a week out of the midterm elections, and a few days ago, the Democrats officially took control of the U.S. Senate. Right now, Republicans are one seat away from securing a majority in the House of Representatives. Meanwhile, Democratic U.S. Senator Tammy Duckworth will be extending her Senate career for another six years. In fact, she made history by becoming the first woman ever in the state to be reelected in the Senate. We're joined now by Senator Tammy Duckworth to hear what's on her legislative agenda for the lame duck session and the next Congress. Senator, congratulations on your reelection and this historic first. How are you feeling? I feel great. Thank you. I'm, I'm, I'm back at work and we already have had a couple of votes today. And, um, you know, we have some really important pieces of legislation that we have to move in this lame duck uh, session, like funding the government uh, that I'm looking forward to uh, getting passed. Yeah. What ran through your mind when you won? Um, just how grateful I was, uh, you know, the election day is only a few days before my alive day, which is November 12th, which is the anniversary of when my buddy saved my life on my shoot down. And so, uh, I always, you know, I say a thank you, but on, on election day, it was just how grateful I was that, um, these amazing, you know, uh, soldiers uh, were there to save my life so that I could, you know, be, cause I could continue to serve my country here in the Senate and, um, just really grateful to the people of Illinois for electing me and giving me a, another term to work for them. Yeah. I mean, as you talk about gratitude, you're a representative for many different communities, right? Asian Americans, women, uh, people with disabilities, veterans, children of immigrants. I'm just imagining you reflect on all of that when you prepare for a second term. It is. And, and, you know, that's why diversity is so important in representative government, um, uh, because you have to have all those voices at the table. You know, it wasn't until I became a mom uh, after I was elected to the House of Representatives and and realized that, you know, as a traveling, uh, somebody who was traveling and trying to breastfeed my daughter, that uh, it was really hard for me to, you know, uh, express breast milk for my my infant. Um, And so I passed legislation, you know, that set up the uh, lactation rooms in all the airports in this country. So those those voices Voices, those life experiences make a difference. Um, and I hope that we can get to a point where both the Senate and the House eventually reflects the makeup of the American people. Yeah. Well, we are taping this interview on Tuesday afternoon, and we just learned that Congressman Kevin McCarthy of California has won re-election as House GOP leader. At the time that we're recording, Republicans are still one seat shy of a majority. So how does that change things for you and for Democrats? Well, um, it makes the rest of this lame duck session especially uh, important so that we can pass um, important legislation that make a difference in all Americans' lives. Obviously, we're going to work on the defense budget and we're going to work on the nation's budget. Um, But, you know, I hope that we're going to be able to vote on um, uh, codifying equal marriage, for example, um, something that I hope we can get done this term, because I don't know that it would pass a Republican House of Representatives. It will pass a Democratic um, Senate but it may not pass a Republican House. So there are important pieces of legislation we need to try to pass by the end of December. Let's talk briefly about um, COP27. The UN Climate Conference is underway this week. That's where uh, world leaders are working to coordinate an international response to, to climate change. With Republicans in charge of one chamber of Congress, will taking action on climate change just become that much harder? 
Yes, I do think it will become that much harder, but um, the fact of the matter is that uh, the, this action has to happen and uh, they will not be able to hide from the effects of climate change. You're seeing this all over the country. Um, and you know, I think this is where I can play a role where I can bring forward um, pieces of legislation that addresses climate change from a slightly different perspective. Uh, for example, uh, the role of biofuels. I've been championing, this is something I wanna work on for my next and in, in the next six years, which I've been doing already, which is to champion biofuels. Well, I come at that as an ad priority so I can get Republican co-sponsors and you know, Joni Ernst out of Iowa, for example, working with other uh, ag um, senators from other ag states to really support the development of biofuels, which will lead us um, uh, to uh, a carbon neutral future in terms of uh, energy sources. In Illinois, we're already at a carbon neutral production level for ethanol. Yeah. And we're on our way to being uh, carbon negative, actually. Um, so, uh, you know, I sort of feel like I have a role to play where I'm coming at this climate change and legislation to support climate change, but perhaps from a different perspective that Republicans can vote for. Mm -hmm. Well, you talked a moment ago about some of your priorities, equal marriage being one of those. The top issues for many voters in the midterms were reproductive rights and inflation in the economy. So how do you see a split Congress affecting how lawmakers are going to address those things? Well, we still clearly have work to do, and, and I think we should prioritize cutting costs for working families, um, creating good paying jobs and making more things here in America. Um, I have a bill that goes after uh, price gouging by the oil and gas companies. Um, I don't think that making more things in America is a partisan issue. So perhaps working more on uh, pieces of legislation that have to do with supporting American manufacturing uh, is something that we can come to agreement on. Um, you know, and while Democrats are working to support working families, um, we have to really fight Republicans who do want to raise taxes on, you know, 75 million middle class families and small business owners. Uh, and then they want to repeal the Inflation Reduction Act that actually lowers the cost of prescription drugs and uh, revamp the tax code. And so there, there is work to be done. But I do think that there are things we can work on in a bipartisan way. And I think one of those things would be to work on you know, more manufacturing in the United States. Well, the issues that we've just mentioned, were they the same ones that you heard most about from Illinois voters when you were on the campaign trail? Very much so. Um, when I talk with, with, with folks, it's the cost of living and people were very, very supportive mm -hmm. of um, the, uh, the lowering the cost of prescription drugs for seniors in particular. Um, you know, the $35 a month cap on insulin and the $2,000 a year cap on out-of-pocket expenses for prescription drugs were very, very popular. And I hope that my Republican colleagues will start hearing from their constituents and saying, hey, you know what, we should make it a $35 a month cap on insulin for every American who needs insulin. I mean, it only costs um, something like $5 to manufacture insulin. And yet, you know, um, uh, some folks are having to pay as much as $2,000 a month for insulin. Mm -hmm. So um, I think there are popular programs that Republicans should be able to get behind, but they need to hear from their constituents that, you know, demanding that they support them. Well, to that end, earlier this week, I spoke to Democratic Congressman Brad Schneider from Lake County, Illinois. So I'm going to ask you a question that I asked him. In this political environment, is bipartisanship even possible anymore? It is. It is because I passed legislation uh, uh, all six years that I've been in the Senate, including during the Trump administration. Um, uh, we passed legislation that supported veteran-owned businesses that um, uh, President Trump uh, signed into law. And uh, you know, my 
legislation to overhaul the nation's water infrastructure, our sewer systems, and to get lead out of the drinking water supply got 89 votes on the floor of the Senate. Mm -hmm. It went through regular order. So it can be done. And in fact, uh, WERDA, which is legislation on uh, water, um, is going to be coming up for a vote here in the next couple of months as well. And I think all of these things can be bipartisan. This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons, and we're kicking off the hour with Democratic U.S. Senator Tammy Duckworth of Illinois. She's sharing her thoughts on the midterm elections and what comes next as the Senate remains in Democratic hands. But Republicans, at the time of this recording on Tuesday afternoon, are poised to take the House of Representatives. So before we get more into your legislative agenda, Senator, um, why did you want another term in the Senate? Well, it's my honor to serve. Um, You know, I spent my adult life serving first in uniform, and it's been an honor to get to serve the people of Illinois. And I feel that there's more work that I can do. I am a chairwoman right now of the, uh, uh, on the Armed Services Committee's uh, Air Land Subcommittee, which deals with the Army and the Air Force. Um, And I'm working on supporting our military families, in particular, um, addressing the scourge of military hunger. Um, uh, So many of our military families uh, uh, actually uh, have difficulty, they have food insecurity, and so we need to fix that. Um, I am very, very excited to be working on uh, investments in manufacturing, in particular for Illinois and bringing foreign manufacturing into um, our state uh, as we look towards uh, the future when it comes to green energy in particular. I mentioned ethanol and biofuels, um, but uh, you know we, we have the opportunity here to grow manufacturing for bioplastics. Uh, in fact, uh, LG Industries, you know, they make washing machines and, yeah. and, and refrigerators. You probably have them in your home. They just sign an agreement with Indicator Illinois um, uh, uh, to uh, manufacture bioplastics from the byproducts of ethanol production. Um, I really think that Illinois is uh, just on the cusp. We have the potential to be um, the center mass of uh, the next generation of fuel production uh, on a global scale. And it really, you know, it has to do with our capabilities in nuclear, our two crown jewel of national laboratories with Fermi Lab and Argonne, and our ag, and yeah. our ag sector is really, um, you know, head and shoulders above the rest. So we're heading now into this so-called lame duck session before the 118th U.S. Congress is sworn in on the 3rd of January. What do Democrats need to get done in the next six to seven weeks? Well, we both need to, uh, both Democrats and Republicans need to pass a defense budget. We need to support our military men and women by passing a defense budget so that they can continue to be supported as, as individuals and as military families, but also that they have the tools and equipment they need to do the job of protecting all of us. Uh, we need to pass the water um, uh, bill, uh, WERDA. Um, and uh, for Democrats, I hope that we can get, um, in a bipartisan way, support for equal marriage codified. You've called for a nationwide ban on assault weapons, and um, you've re-upped that call after the mass shooting at the University of Virginia Sunday. That's where three students were killed. What's your strategy for getting that passed, Senator? I'm going to keep working to talk about the fact that these assault weapons um, do not belong on the streets of our, of our cities. They, they are uh, weapons of war. Uh, they're not used for hunting. They're not used for target practice. They're simply weapons of war. Um, and along with that is the high-capacity magazine. Um, and, and that is something that uh, we are seeing more and more uh, folks in Republican areas speak up. Um, I, I remember t- um, uh, 
you know, talking to some of my Republican colleagues after the Uvalde shootings, uh, the massacre of those, those poor babies in that school. And I had Republican senators come up to me and say for the first time, they got more calls into their offices uh, supporting gun, uh, gun control legislation, specifically an assault weapons ban than they ever did uh, for our folks who were claiming that, uh, you know, uh, who were opposed to the ban. Mm-hmm. And so I think we keep working on our Republican colleagues to get them to stand up to the NRA. I mean, if, if it wasn't doable in this current Congress with Democrats in charge of both houses and the White House, how do you do it with Republicans in the majority in the House? Well, remember, we did pass gun legislation this Congress, right? We, we passed a safer act. And that was bipartisan. Um, so I think we build on that um, because there are Republicans who will support uh, gun control legislation, uh, and they did with the Safer Act. Um, we just need to expand on the work and the relationship that were built there. Yeah. Well, you've talked a lot about bipartisanship being possible. Where are you expecting challenges, though, and how do you plan to navigate them? Well, I think, you know, we're going to have some real challenges when it comes to uh, Republicans wanting to, re- um, you know, revise the tax code. And they also want to um, repeal. Uh, I mean, you're hearing from the House uh, that they want to repeal uh, the Affordable Care Act again. So many Americans depend on the Affordable Care Act to have uh, accessible health insurance, especially if you have a pre-existing condition. Mm-hmm. And yet you're hearing from Republicans in the House in particular and some of the newer uh, elected uh, Republicans, you know, they campaign on this, that they want to repeal the Affordable Care Act. So I think you're going to see a real effort um, uh, from the Republican, Republican base and the MAGA, uh, the MAGA supporters to uh, come in and try to repeal the Inflation Reduction Act, to uh, come back and repeal uh, access to health insurance. Um, and we're just simply going to have to fight them on it. So I want to switch gears here and talk briefly about Ukraine. Because at the time that we're speaking, we just learned that Russia's attacked the country's energy infrastructure with 100 missiles. The U.S. has been providing aid and weapons to the Ukrainian army. Is the U.S. doing enough, you think, especially with a tough, cold winter ahead? I think that we're doing um, far more than American people realize. I think we are doing um, everything that we possibly can uh, under the conditions that we're in. And and remember that Illinois is particularly, our Illinois National Guard is particularly engaged in Ukraine. Um, up until just a few months before the Russian invasion, we actually had 125 Illinois Guardsmen in the Ukraine training the Ukrainian military. It's part of why they were able to be so successful fighting back because they were trained in part by uh, Illinois Guardsmen. And I'm very proud of the work of our, of our Illinois Guardsmen who did that. Know that we're continuing to support them. Know that there is bipartisan support uh, for continuing to, to uh, support Ukraine. Um, and we have to stand up to uh, you know, this war of choice that Russia has um, launched. Um, and, and we're going to keep doing everything we can to support the freedom-loving people of Ukraine. Before we let you go, Senator, there was no so-called red wave in Illinois, right? But we did see this red wave in states like Florida. So I wonder what's your read on what the results of last Tuesday's midterms tell us about the political wins in this country? Well, there's no red wave across the country. There Certainly in, in there was one in Florida. So I think what it tells us is that we have to, uh, Democrats have to, um, buckle down and and do our work in Florida and reach out uh, to the people of Florida to see why they're voting against their own priorities. 
Um, and certainly, I think it's important to reach out to immigrant communities, um, uh, in particular, the Hispanic community and also the Asian American community. This is something that I've been talking about for a long time now, uh, engaging Asian Americans in our elective uh, politics and uh, getting more Asian American candidates to run. It's why I'm really proud that in the 10 years since I became the first Asian American elected to any federal office in Illinois, we now in this latest election, you know, had uh, over a dozen Asian Americans running uh, in Illinois. And so we need to do that in places like Florida as well. That is Democratic Senator Tammy Duckworth of Illinois. Senator, thank you so much for your time. It's my pleasure. This episode of Reset was produced by Micah Yason, and it was edited by Ethan Schwab. Tomorrow, we are going on the road, and we're heading to Bronzeville. That's right. We're going to be talking about efforts to build solar and electric infrastructure and more green spaces in neighborhoods throughout the South Side. You can join us in person. So just head over to WBEZ.org events to register. That's all for Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. We'll have another episode in your podcast feed tomorrow. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.